Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. This is a Herd at Sports podcast. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Tonight is our Iowa reaction episode, but more importantly, it is our season reaction episode because the year is over guys wow 12 games finished uh nebraska lost to iowa 13 to 10 ending nebraska's chances and our chances for a bull game guys year went fast tyler what did you think of this year it just it's 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 just damn depressing guys i mean i know justin you don't like the curse thing but I can't explain it. I can't explain it. It's the fact that we ended up losing the last three games of the year the way we did. The fact that we had four chances to win a game, final possession, ending on an interception. The fact that we went undefeated in October for a winless November, only the fourth time we've done it this century. Which is, we've had a lot of bad football, but we haven't had a lot of winless Novembers. It's just the ultimate gut punch. Derek, your thoughts on the season ending? Like, it went fa- by fast, right? It did go fast. And it's it's unfortunate because I love my football and I love my Huskers, but it's over. And is it golf season yet? Let's just be. I am ready for that, too. But look, we, I mean, we're, we're going to have to sit here and win the offseason again and Try and see if we can't add to our championship in that season. So, yeah, we'll have to find a team to latch on to for the bull season. Also, yep. Well, it won't be it won't be Iowa. Same old song and dance there. I mean, shoot. So again, Nebraska loses to Iowa, thirteen to ten. It's a game that we feels like we've seen before. So we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about this Iowa game. We're going to get into the meat of this, and it's really our 2023 season reaction. We're going to do some position group grades. Uh, we're going to do some uh, name some MVPs and uh, best win, worst loss, and some others. So that's going to be fun. That's what we're really looking forward to. But, Tyler, you were in attendance for the Iowa game. It was a cold day, cold, cold day in Lincoln. So talk about the game day experience. Well, it was cold. Uh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, you could see it watching the field. It seemed like Iowa and Nebraska, probably more so Iowa, really struggled with the cold. But I've been in colder games than that. Uh, definitely, you dressed warm, had a little bit of whiskey before. It was it was a very palatable experience. Um, you know, the, the the fans were they were ready for the bowl, man. They 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 really wanted it. I thought it was a lively crowd. It filled out nicely for the day after Thanksgiving because you never know with those Black Friday games. And it's the last game in front of 80,000 people in Memorial Stadium history. And that's how it ends. 
<laughs> you and your attendance with Trev Alvarez. I mean, my God, you're still not letting that thing go, huh? I just, I sat there. They, they flashed the four, uh, 396 sellout, and I'm thinking, man, it's going to be depressing for the 400 sell having 50,000 people in attendance. Oh, my God. Here we go. Tyler, what kind of yeah. bourbon are you uh, drinking tonight? I am drinking Woodford uh, Double Oak. Okay, I got Woodford myself here. Nice. I was going to pour a uh, glass of Colonel E.H. Taylor for this episode, but muscle memory got me and I had already poured my Woodford Reserve. So I was like, damn it. Derek, what are you uh, feasting on tonight? Just some Miller Lite. Just some Miller Lite. All right. So uh, your overall thoughts on the game, Derek? I mean, I, I, I mean can we say kicking the nuts again? <laughs> That's that's like the motto for this year for this Nebraska team. It right? really is. Our our offense was abysmal. I mean, we had ten first downs. I mean, seventy five yards rushing. How terrible is that? We did. I mean, we had one hundred eighty nine yards passing, which is probably one of our better games passing, I guess. But just sixty six of those came on Jalen Lloyd's touchdown, our only touchdown of the game. You had a missed field goal. You had. I mean, it just. In a, in a game that you have two blocked field goals, yeah, you have no business losing that game, and yet we found a way to do it. It felt like in the fourth quarter, I mean, especially after Tommy Hill, after he intercepts the ball, we have 30 seconds left. It just felt like we were destined just to go 20 yards, kick a field goal to win it. We, you know, continue the streak against Iowa, <laughs> two in a row. And, you know, and then we're celebrating all weekend with a bull. I mean, it just felt like that was was going to happen. It really did. Like, when, when when Hill got that interception, I was like, oh, this is it. This is, this is the redemption of the whole year. And we pissed it down our leg. Chumpa Purdy might have thrown the, his worst interception of the year. And he's had some to choose from. But that was that one was bad. That one, yeah. Tyler, what what were uh, you thinking in the stadium and after you saw that? What was the crowd reaction? Well, I mean, the interception, stadium blew up. Oh, my gosh, we got there. Then you see the questionable holding call. The refs got booed. And then, you know, Purdy runs out of bounds. And then that interception. And then I'm sitting there and I'm talking to people. I'm like, man, they, they, Iowa still needs to come up with a big play. Like, I mean, I was like, they still need to. And then they gashed us up the middle for the longest run they had all game. And it's like, okay. And then I saw they brought out a new kicker. There's a new kicker on the field. Yeah. And about as bad a kick as I've seen, if I didn't see Tristan's kick earlier, I'd be like, that, that was a really terrible kick. And it just, like, drifted just far enough to, to clear it by a yard and a half. And I just, I wasn't even sure he made it because I was in the North Stadium and they kicked it into the South. I was like, did it make it? I I mean, that there was like no velocity on that ball. It's just. He made oh, it. It made it. <laughs> Derek yeah, can I mean, confirm. It, he made I, it. I mean, there, there, it, I would love somebody to say, like, has that scenario, you get an interception with less than a minute left. To 30, that's like 30 turn- seconds. But to turn it back over with under a minute left to give up a yeah. field goal, like I mean, two interceptions in the final minute just doesn't happen. And 
I was prepared to lose in overtime. I and and to make it to make it worse to that way. To, to make it worse, I Tyler, you kind of you kind of alluded to this, but we give up our biggest play of the game, or at least our biggest rushing play of the game, whatever. And it's just been the story of this defense. Like the defense has been great until it matters, and it, they just always give up that one play when it matters most. It, and, it's, it, and it's killed us a lot this year. And I'm not saying that it's their fault we've lost all these games because they've clearly played well enough to win at least 10 of these games. No, I mean, you're right, Derek. And and again, it's just, it, you know, we'll talk about this more at the season recap. But the thing was is, you know, we had a really good defensive day to that point. I thought Chubba Purdy was playing some overall good football um, there and I'm sitting there thinking a moment like, man, I mean, you know, he's he's looking good. He had a couple turnovers, but still running, you know, effectively and throwing the ball pretty well. And I'm like, okay, okay, we got some things going here. We can out Iowa, Iowa. You know, they they were kicking the ball out of bounds. They were making some mental mistakes, and then that late interception. I'm like, we're go- hey. It, it's changing, guys. It the, the times are changing, and it wasn't. Nope. It, it's very defeated. I mean, very. It, it just a very defeated day uh, for Nebraska, and it, and and the thing that sucks the most about, I mean, the most, but one of the things is is because of the Scott Frost era, like the fans, we're just tired of games like this. Like, I mean, like there was a time. Do you guys remember twenty fifteen, Mike Riley? Like, oh yeah. We're, where we lost all those really close games and you sat there off the heels of Bo Pelini and said, you know what? At least we're competitive. You know what? We might be beating ourselves here, but that's not so bad. Nebraska fans are different now. We're, we're tired of losing games. We should win a close game does not count anymore. And that's not fair to Matt rule, but this was a perfect example. It's just, we're tired of this shit. Yeah. Derek, I just want to correct one thing. You know, that wasn't the, their, Iowa's longest play of the game at the end. They did have a 53-yard run at the end of the second quarter. Okay. Sorry. So uh, I, Tyler had mentioned something about being I thought it was a long too. Yeah. I, I kind of went off what Tyler said. I, but I didn't pay attention. I Whatever. It, okay, so it was the second longest run of the day. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like talking anymore about Iowa. It feels like we've done this episode for the last six years. So, I'd like to get into the uh, 2023 season reaction, if that's okay with you guys. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so again, we're going to do position group grades. We're going to start off with offense. We're going to uh, go through defense, and we'll finish up with special teams. I mean, this offense has got to be fun, right, Derek? Oh yeah. So, so before we get into grades, can I, can I just talk about how bad this offense was? Sure. All right. So I went back and looked. <clears throat> this is the least amount of points we scored, which was 18 points per game. It's the least amount of points we scored since 1968 when we scored 15 and a half points. And our record was still 6-4 and four that year. All right. 55 years ago. Okay. All right. Rushing was much better this year than last year, so kudos to that, I guess. We improved in some area. Uh, passing, this is the worst worst passing offense we've had since 2003. 
under Frank Solich that had he only had fourteen hundred and twenty two yards passing that that what, year. What year was that? Two thousand three. Oh, two thousand three. Frank Jamal Lord. Frank Solich. Yeah, Frank Solich's last year. Uh, for total offense again, it's the worst total offense we've had since nineteen sixty eight, where they only had twenty seven hundred ninety two yards to our. Where we had, I mean, we had a thousand more yards than they did in '68, but per game, yeah. No, I mean for for the whole year, a thousand yards for the whole year, and turnovers. I, I this one I was a little shocked on because uh, we had thirty one turnovers, and the last time we had more than that was twenty twelve. We had thirty five. So I mean. But it shows you how abysmal this offense really was. I mean, we had to, I had to dig back a long ways to find stats as bad as what we had this year. Yeah, I I can't make so, sense. So when it, when you, so so when you get my grades, you'll understand where I'm coming from. I guess I'm real. I really think that we're going to be very similar in these grades. I and, really do. And, and I and I expect that. I mean, there's no question that this offense was. Just atrocious. All right, so let's uh, get into it here. Derek, why don't you uh, take it? We're going to start with quarterback. Your grade. All right, I, I went with a D plus. I They have way too many turnovers. Probably cost us too many games. Uh, I, I, the only reason I went with a D plus is they accounted for 40% of our rushing, rushing yards and 44% of our rushing touchdowns. Uh, but passing when at sixteen hundred and thirty-one yards passing, that, that that is just terrible. That's all quarterbacks combined. We that's all three. the quarterback combined. <laughs> that is, yes, that's crazy. And we had ten touchdowns to sixteen interceptions. Just insane. I, I yeah, I mean, I saw. I, I really kind of wanted to give him a worse grade, but since they were were decent at running the ball, I had to get bump him up a little bit. Okay, Tyler? I mean, you could just rinse and repeat what Derek just said. I mean, this was, you know, it's easy to be hyperbolic in situations like this, but this was the worst quarterback play that I have seen in my lifetime at Nebraska. I I can never recall seeing a worse quarterback play. I also gave them a D plus. It could have been lower. I just, I couldn't negate all the rushing and all the production on the ground that they did. But, I mean, when you look at the turnovers, when you look at the inability to throw the ball, I mean, there's only been one or two times I can think of it this bad of inability to throw the ball. Um, you know, the interceptions, the turnovers, like everything. Like, it, it, I, I feel like I am being a very nice, very good Husker fan, giving them a D plus because that grade could have been a D or D minus. It, it, was, it was a bad room. Yeah, I went with D looking at this group, you know, think how, I mean, think how long or how far back it really is with like Jeff Sims, Jeff Sims was starting the year off. Right. And he choked, he sucked. He was bad. And Henrik Harburg, he comes in and he starts winning some games looking good. And there's like, all of a sudden there's a little bit of like, uh, I don't know, you've kind of felt good at the direction of that quarterback room, right? So when we did our midseason grades, 
uh, you know, you kind of felt good where that room was really headed. And then it got to a point where Harburg just started regressing. You know, he had like this three-game skid. He gets dinged up. Jeff Sims has to come back in for uh, during the Maryland game. Jeff Sims does what Jeff Sims does, turns it over. And then here comes Chubba Purdy. Leads a 90-yard drive, only to end with an interception at the end. But it, but you kind of felt good about where the quarterback room was at that point, right? You kind of liked where Chubba Purdy was, at least for me. I felt good about moving forward with Chubba Purdy. And then Wisconsin happens, we lose, and then Iowa happens. Just wasn't clutch enough. Just He has his moments. Just like all the other quarterbacks, whether it was Jeff Sims or Harburg, they have their moments, but they also had flaws, major flaws, turning the ball over. And so with that, I, I can't give any more than a D because how many episodes have we talked about, especially trying to become bowl eligible, we kept saying we're a quarterback away from being really good. You know, and in this, in this case, we got to see all three quarterbacks. And all three had their moments, but let us down. So I, I will say this. I, I disagree with that statement that we're a quarterback away from being good. We have a lot more issues than the quarterback right now. True, true. But, I mean, if we, if we had solid quarterback play, we would damn sure be bowling right now. And we would be happy. We would be happy. Maybe. Would we be Iowa good like as 10 wins? No. Probably not. Could we get seven or eight wins? Definitely. How many How many games were lost based off of pure quarterback play? I mean, I can think of three right off the bat. Minnesota, well, it's, Iowa, it's, Maryland. It's hard to argue, but it's a, it, it, the, the offense as a whole was just not good. I know, but well, had we had a, a better quarterback, we would have won th- three games easy. Sure. I mean, if you would have had a guy, a game manager, if you would have had an efficient game manager – that could have been, just didn't turn the ball over. I mean... It, or even as were, much. Well, sure. I mean, but there, I mean, the turnovers were just absolutely insane. I mean, the quarterbacks accounted for, if I believe I got this right, 29 of the 31 turnovers. Is, it, Is that right? I had Jeff Sims having 10 turnovers, Harburg 11, and Purdy with four. Okay. So that's and and we're about to get to the next position, but do you remember the first game when Anthony Grant fumbled it and he went on a milk cart in the next game? Like and our quarterbacks had twenty nine turnovers this year. So see, I I and how many turnovers do we have total? Thirty one? So I thought Anthony Grant had a couple. Ethan Nation had one. Garrett Snodgrass he had another are we sure we only had 31 turnovers? Well, that's what I'm wondering because the math isn't uh, adding up here because I know that there's been some other turnovers. Uh, I, that's, what CFB has, that's what CFB stat has. Now, I don't know. I assume they count all turnovers. I don't think they count. Special teams different? I mean, I, yeah, I don't think they count special teams different. So. so, I mean, you may be right with 31, but I don't know about the quarterbacks accounting for 29. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Because I, I do believe the it's, it's definitely up there. I mean, they're, they're definitely still eighty percent of our turnovers. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I mean, but it's, I'm not going to say that's all but two, and that's and that's probably lowballing it. I but mean, but your point is your point is correct, Tyler. I mean, whatever those numbers are, quarterback play, there's a lot of turnovers. So, uh, as we look back, we've seen all three quarterbacks play uh, in meaningful time this year. Who should have started game one, Derek? I I get that hindsight's twenty twenty and everything, and I I don't know. I, I I'll stick with Jeff Sims. Like he was supposed to be the guy. He was the guy that everybody wanted to see. He was supposed to be better than what he was. So I I, I don't know how you really say you're going to go with anybody other than Jeff Sims going into game one. Knowing now what you know, you're still rolling with Jeff Sims game one. I mean. No, probably not. Well, I would probably roll, but I, I don't I, look. I don't know. I, I guess I'd probably roll with Henrik Harburg. I guess. Wow. Okay, Tyler. I I I would I would say that I would say this on the Jeff Sims note. It is apparent of the many mistakes missteps that Nebraska has taken over the last decade. He was a miss. The fact that they let him. I I don't know what's practice look like and and to Derek's point maybe give the coaches a benefit of the doubt that hey even knowing what we know now we didn't see this during practice we we don't know that because if you just look at like x's and o's like what he delivered I mean there, there is an argument that he is the be- was the best quarterback in some capacity I mean he had the best completion percentage on so, the team so according to Gary Sharp he was on uh Oh, the Hale Varsity show, their weekend uh, show. And he was talking about, it has come out that the Jeff Sims issues, uh, the the turnovers, the fumbling and interceptions, has been a thing from spring ball to fall camp and even in practice. Yeah. This is not and, a new thing. It's and, and, it's being released that it's that that was Jeff fair. Sims. And, and, and they and still that, rolled with him. And, and, and that's probably true and i think there was a lot of rumors around that turnovers were a really big issue so that's why i can't go jeff sims but i, I just i wanted to defend Derek a little bit there saying like eh, maybe it's not crazy jeff sims to me it's chubba purdy and now the chubba purdy thing uh is a little bit of an asterisk because you are led to believe that he had a groin injury to start the year that was limiting his capacity with that said, what I saw on the field, I think he was the best quarterback. He, he had the most passing yards per game. He had the the most yards per completion. Um, you know, he looked the most competent back there, just passing the eye test. He had the most rushing yards per game. And again, I, obviously, you know, some of this is you know he had a couple games, but I think he went against some of the toughest defenses we faced all year with the back half, namely Iowa. Uh, so I think you look at the teams he did, the way he looked, just the eye test, and some of the stats to back it up, I, I think Chubba Purdy should have been the guy. Yeah, I agree. He he definitely deserved a lot more first-team reps, especially during the season, instead of running the scout team for as long as he did. I mean, I, I still go back to that Mar- the decision in the Maryland game where Harbor gets hurt and the coaching decision was to bring Jeff Sims in. Had I, I, I firmly believe this. Had they brought Chubba Purdy in earlier instead of let Jeff Sims come in and turn, turn the ball over three times, we would have won that game. 
easily. Well, so I I don't know maybe, maybe. easily. But what I what I will say is this, Justin. You know, a lot a lot has been made about Satterfield. Should he be fired? Yes or no? And and a lot of people have said, and I, I mean, he certainly didn't do a great job. But one thing you would say is Chubba Purdy. What we saw last year was not this Chubba Purdy. And maybe it was injury last year. I know we dealt with injuries last year. Maybe that derailed him more. But he clearly took a step forward this year. Huge now, step not, forward. Huge and, step forward. Yeah. And so I don't know. You know, coaches have game film on him. They had game film on Jeff Sims. You know, I think if you looked at just the game film, you know, Jeff Sims looked like a better quarterback than Chubba Purdy last year. But they had the the hindsight of practice and they could see that, hey, maybe Chubba Purdy has gotten a lot better. And maybe he does have a little bit more command because... Yeah, I, I ultimately do think that to me that he should have been the guy right off the bat, start the year, and maybe, may, you just don't know how much of that injury is the reason why he wasn't that guy, but I don't know, maybe season's different if he gets all those first team snaps in the spring and in the fall. So I want to nitpick one thing here that I hear a lot about Chubba Purdy and even Harburg. I hate the fact that they're called young quarterbacks. Even though they're listed as sophomores today, in this COVID era, the COVID era is just terrible for football. Both these guys are in their fourth year of college football. I, I just hate when they say that they they are young guys. But yeah, Chubba Purdy was playing like he's a fourth year uh, college football player. And well, let, let's not go too far. I mean, Chubba Purdy, he went 0-3, in, I mean, I guess 0-2. Yeah, 0-2 in his starts. Um, you know, he, he I mean, did, didn't light the world on fire by any stretch. I mean, only three pat, only three total TDs. I mean, I don't know. Not, no, not so, a, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lo- long offseason to talk about. But uh, the thought of him coming back next year to lead the quarterback room, I am okay with. I'm, I'm uh, on board with it. I'm okay with Harburg too. I, I I would be. I think both of them have earned the right to compete for the job in the spring. I I, that, I think I that's think that's that, a separate conversation yeah. that we, we can have here later. But yeah, uh, moving to the running back, Tyler, take the running back. Your grade. So I'm gonna go B minus. And guys, I mean. Anthony Grant and Emmett Johnson both played a majority of the season. They both ended the season by averaging more than four yards per carry. Um, They both showed the ability to run the ball. I already talked about the fact that turnovers really weren't an issue with that group of all the issues we had. Uh, I think Anthony Grant only had, I think, yeah, whether one or two fumbles of the year. um, I'm starting to think you're right. He did have two fumbles. I think the Illinois and the Minnesota game, but overall that wasn't a concern of that room. Um, yeah, I, I think they played well. I think that the the stats, the reason why they don't correlate is more about play calling and game design than what that room actually contributed. I think they did a good job in run protection. And again, we, we talked about this earlier in the season, but losing Gabe Urban and Ramir Johnson was a huge blow to that room. They were playing well up to that point. Uh, so overall, I give them a B minus. Derek. Oh, the D plus. D plus? Yeah. All they right. only accounted. They only accounted for fifty-one percent of our rushing yards. And that was all the all the running backs combined. And you and you could talk about Gabe Irvin and, and Ramirez Johnson getting hurt, and it did hurt this room. Yes, 
But for all four of those running backs to only account for for half of our rushing yards is terrible. They they only accounted for thirty eight percent of our touchdowns. Do Do you have the uh, what percentage of carries that they had? They accounted for. Do you have that on you? I I don't. I don't. Okay. But I mean, it was one hundred and twenty for Henrik Harburg and one hundred and one for Anthony Grant alone. You definitely didn't see the big. And then Emmett Johnson, I believe, had ninety. That sounds right, around ninety. I mean. You definitely so I mean, it's not like players. they didn't have carries. Like, I don't they, know. I just, they they did. They carries. did nothing to impress me at all. Yeah, I mean, I I went with C plus. I mean, yet again, we had a quarterback lead the team in rushing, uh, rushing uh, attempts, yards. The running backs, they weren't impressive. Which, which which is a knock on this on the on these running backs because the staff didn't even trust to give them the ball. Well, you know, headed. I remember headed into the year, I felt really good about this running back room with guys like Anthony Grant. Anthony Grant, he took the biggest uh, drop. I mean, from last year to this year, he wasn't even the same running back. I want. I wanted to go back and look at this, cause I, but I, but it was running short on time. But Anthony Grant ended up leading the running backs with with uh, yardage with only four hundred and thirteen yards, and at least back to two thousand nine, which is far back as uh, CFB stats goes, that is the least amount that a running back has had in a season. In, in that amount of time, so go back to two thousand nine. We've every year we've had at least one running back with more yards than that. Yeah. <clears throat> Your D plus isn't crazy because I was thinking like maybe C or C minus. I, I did give them an edge because I did see some promise out of Emmett Johnson late in the year. I, I think that Emmett Johnson, I think he is probably the future at that position. And uh, I tend to agree. I, I tend to agree with you there. Yeah. I just would like to have seen more out of him. I mean, and, no, I, and, that, and, that's and maybe that's not coaching. fair because we didn't give him a lot of carries. Hell, even in the Iowa game, I think he only ended up with 11 carries. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the overall decision to rotate the backs the way that they did and not utilize them more, there, I, I, I gave them more benefit of the doubt in what I saw. But isn't, I just, isn't coaching part of this grade? Because to me, that's... Yeah, I, I mean, I put I is. put coaching as part of this. It, I mean, and the, and the fact that the coaching didn't trust them enough to leave one of them in told me something. I mean... Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. Coaching is part of this equation. I guess to me, I I I look at Barthol. I mean, you're right. Anthony Grant did regress mightily this year. I thought Emmett Johnson showed was a pleasant out more surprise. Was a was pleasant a pleasant surprise, surprise. But he had 411 yards. Yeah, I mean, you're not crazy. I I just I think they they showed a little bit more. Uh, maybe I'm being generous with that B minus. I, and and maybe also and maybe I'm being a little crazy because the expectations of this room were just sky high because we were like four deep. We were like, man, I or at least three deep, three strong deep. Yeah, we're the fourth one that we thought would would probably be okay. And none of them took the reins and ran with it. I, and I get there was injuries that depleted it, and I and that part sucks. But that that happens to every team. Maybe not to the extent it happened in Nebraska, but it happens to every team. 
All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. This is a group here that was decimated bad by injuries. You had guys like Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda. He got eliminated early, as well as uh, Marcus Washington. Uh, before the season, Xavier Betts decided to say, peace on out, I'm not playing football. Uh, and uh, some other injuries. Uh, Billy Kemp, he was taken out for a little bit this year. He was knocked out. Just not a great year for, in the wide receivers. Uh, it felt like we had a little bit of promise headed in the year, but those injuries came. And boy, this this room was in shambles. Uh, Derek, I'm going to stick with you for the wide receivers. You're great and why. All right. I, I'm going to go D minus. It was, it, was it was a group that I expected more out of. I expected a lot more out of Billy Camp. I understand he had had a little injury issues. He ended up with one touchdown, 310 yards. That's abysmal. Again, we only had 1,600 yards passing. Like, it, the passing of this team was just terrible. It's not all on the on the wide receivers, but the wide receivers didn't do a lot to help the quarterbacks in getting open. The only reason I didn't give him an F was because of Jalen Lloyd. With his three touchdowns on, on his limited amount, he only had six catches, and I think he was – had 260 yards receiving, which I think was like third on the team. Like that was pretty impressive. We at least had a, a deep threat after, but hell, it took us what eight games to find him. Yeah. I Marcus Washington and only played six games. He had our four, fourth most receiving yards by a wide receiver with 176. And the fact that Billy Kemp only had 310 yards and he led the team in yardage is just, it's piss poor and it's terrible. Had to rely on a lot of young guys, you know? I mean, we, we did, but you didn't see a lot of progress out of those young guys. Like Malachi Coleman looked good on a play or two. Yeah. Jalen Lloyd looked really, really good on three or four plays. He took advantage of his opportunities. On he, he did balls. on his three D balls that went over 50 yards. He looked fast and athletic. He, he did. He did. And I, and I think the future is fairly bright with these young kids. I just, I, I don't think you saw enough progress at them by from I, here's my issue. And everyone goes, well, they're young, they're freshmen, but we see four star receivers and come in as freshmen and play all the time. And that's not, that's not that uncommon to see in college football. And these guys, I mean, they finally started coming in towards the later quarter of the season. I just, I don't know that we've seen a lot of, all of a sudden they were looking better. Tyler, you're great for the wide receivers. I mean, I don't really have much to add. D minus, I mean, I, virtually the exact same thing Derek said. The same reason, same analysis. No, no disagreements with what Derek said. Yeah, that's uh, unanimous. I had D minus for this wide receiver group also. I, I'm was, not kidding. If it, if it wasn't was for Jalen Lloyd, I, if it wasn't for Jalen Lloyd, I would have easily given these guys an F. Easily. Uh, Billy Kemp, I think, did a little bit too, but his injury kind of derailed. He, but yeah, I mean, but D minus. It's a D minus group. Yeah. I mean. And and I said that going into the year. I, I I remember taking a little flack for this. Is that I you know I made a comments about Billy Kemp and like I was like, yeah, he might be your best wide receiver, but I don't know if he's really a number one. And I think I was proven right. Like. He yeah, might I, don't, a, I don't think I don't even think as as hard as you were, you could have envisioned our biggest receiver only having three hundred and ten yards. No, but that that goes into the 
who's more to blame wide receivers or quarterback play and i honest to god don't know that answer it, it, it's, i mean i i can't give that answer either but again it goes back to how I, I, just terrible this offense i was. never saw our quarterback room i mean i just we've never we've never seen a quarterback room like this and it was just i mean you go back to some of the bad ones and it just never quite looked like this is there a chance i mean not a chance was our quarterback room the worst in the Big Ten? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Is that Ooh, Iowa? Iowa. I mean, I would take Deacon Hill at this point. I think I think what we could do running the ball was just a uh, gives us an advantage. All of our guys could run again, but what we needed was a guy that just wasn't going to turn the ball over. That that's what we really needed to lean on our defense. We'll I mean, Iowa. I I was the only one in the conversation of being worse than us, right? And I still think they have the edge because, you know, Cade McNamara, the few games he played, I mean. I don't know. It was bad. It was bad. I don't know. Let's, let's, keep, let's keep going. Tight ends. <laughs> Tyler. I, yeah, I mean, this might shock you, but I'm going to go D. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what part is supposed to be shocking? That, well, I you're think, that I high? Think lo- I think a lot of people were like, you know, Fedoni played well, and, I mean, he did look okay. Um, he definitely dropped off as the season evolved. Uh, you know, about midway through the season, you thought, okay, this guy, he's getting his feet under him for his first meaningful snaps. Towards the back half of the year, he, he definitely disappeared. And I think some of that is teams started to defend him more. I think he stopped being as open as he once was and our quarterback's inability to get him the ball. But even if I say Fedoni was a good player, the rest of that room, just non-existent. No factors, offered nothing. Uh, you know, they, they they came in the run block from here and there. They didn't really look impressive. We missed Chancellor Brewington lighting people up. So, no, I, I mean, I think this was a, another pretty disappointing room, and I'm, I'm giving them a D. It, it's hard to give anything involved in that passing attack anything above a D. So, yeah. Uh. Derek, I, I actually went with a C minus on this because I do think Fedoni was. He, I mean, the guy was second on the team in reception, second on the team in, re, in receiving yards, first on the team in touchdowns. Borkercher was a, a bit on a milk carton with five catches for fifty-one yards, but I think when you lost Gilbert, I, I, there was a lot of speculation that he was going to be this great player and <laughs> losing him was really killed this room. But I think Fedoni lived up to, to somewhat expectations. I, the only reason I didn't drop him lower than the C minus was because I, I think it was more on the, I don't know if you want to call it quarterbacks or the play calling where we didn't get these guys involved more, but this is, a, this is a, this was a year that we should have had, we should have been throwing to Fedoni five, ta- five, six, seven times a game. We didn't do that. Well, we probably did. No, no, we didn't. I mean, he had some drops, and I, he had his issues, but... Well, I mean, and, and that and the balls that just couldn't get to him. Well, I mean, maybe, but... It just, I don't know. If you look at his targets game in and game out, he usually had about two, three targets a game. Yeah, so I, I went D-plus for tight ends. Uh, 
I was expecting a little bit more out of that position, especially Nate Borkature. I thought he was really going to be, uh, for a guy that was considered as a co-number one with Thomas Fedoni all year long, he was really a non-factor. And, you know, maybe he's a, a better blocking tight end, which I'm sure he is. But uh, as far as an offensive threat, Borkature wasn't it. And Fedoni, he did kind of regress there, uh, especially the last three games when we really could have used him uh, to be clutch. He he wasn't there. Uh, but So D+, plus. This, that room has a lot to be desired for just as long as the rest of the pass catchers, in my opinion. Moving to the offensive line, Tyler. So I'm going to give them a C. I thought they had they have become a pretty average offensive line um, in, in the grand scheme of things. I think pass protection, namely that left tackle spot, definitely left some to be desired. I mean, we end up finishing on the year giving up the 12th most sacks in the Big Ten. And considering how little we passed, that's not good. But when it came to run blocking, I thought this team did really well. Obviously, we finished second in the Big Ten in rushing yards. A lot of that has to do with the offensive line. I think overall, many of the offensive linemen took a step forward this year. Uh, a lot of young guys got some meaningful reps, especially when injuries happen. And I don't know if we made enough deal about how big a deal it was when we lost Ethan Piper, who was quietly maybe our best offensive lineman of the season. Uh, maybe not so quietly, uh, or maybe very quietly. Maybe Justin disagrees completely that Ethan Piper was. But I thought Ethan Piper was having a hell of a year. Uh, and I thought the young guys filled in nicely for him. Um, overall, uh, Bryce Benhart played well. Ben Scott, a lot of these guys, I think, took a step forward. Better offensive line than we've seen in the last couple of years, I think, as a whole. Uh, not good. Uh, still still in the averages, just but C's get degrees. Derek. Not bulls. All right, well, I'll, I'll, this one I'll totally disagree with you on. I'll give him a D. Look. Tyler, you're shocked, right? We gave up 29 sacks on 20 on 261 attempts. That's a sack every nine attempts. Last year, we gave up 33 sacks, but it was on 341 attempts. We at least got 10.3 attempts per. So they they digressed in pass protection. So, Derek, Derek, I don't understand. Then, then who? How did we run the ball? I mean, if this offensive oh, line oh, was a deep, here, I'm gonna get to you on that. Got, you know yeah. how? Because our stats are skewed by our three non-conference games where we ran 252 yards a game. Because we only ran for 151 yards a game against Big Ten teams. Which is good for 74th in the country. Well, okay, but that's not fair because how many No, of course up, it's fair. Th- every team puts up yards in their non-conference games. Dude, we never got over 200 yards against a Big Ten team. That's a hard accomplishment. Some of these Big Ten teams weren't good defensively. Illinois was terribly defensively against the run. Michigan State was terrible against the run. We never, even Purdue, Purdue was absolutely atrocious against the run. And we never put up 200 yards on them. Our stats are completely skewed by getting 320-something yards against Louisiana Tech and getting 230 yards against 
Northern Illinois and 224 yards against Colorado. I mean, this I, offensive line did not do anything to for me that seemed that much better than last year. Against Wisconsin, in between the tackles, we averaged five yards a carry. Like I, I sorry that like okay, that's so not they had nothing. one good game. They had one good game, and that wasn't really a great game. I mean, they had a decent game. I just think that throwing out the non-conference, like if you're going to do that, I think for a comparison point, you need to do that to every team. Like I'm looking at Rutgers right here, and I think we could all agree Rutgers looked pretty good running the ball. I mean, if you look at some of their Big Ten games, they had 34 rushing yards against Iowa. They had 99 rushing yards against Penn State. They had 64 rushing yards against Wisconsin. I think everyone thinks Rutgers had a pretty good rushing attack this year. Well, we only had 75 yards rushing against Iowa. That's more than that's more than double. What All Wisconsin right, so had. we were better than Rutgers. Oh yeah, yippee kaye. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with Derek a little bit here. I gave them a, a D plus. You know, the sacks allowed in the Big Ten, they were ranked uh, 12th. And tackles for loss in the Big Ten, uh, they ranked 10th for allowed. I mean, th- there's a lot They're to be below desired. average. What's that? They're still below average. I know, yeah, they're, they're below average. They're slightly below average, so I, I give them a D plus. There's a lot of times that left side of the line, and I give you that look, Tyler, because that left side of the line, Turner, when Turner Corcoran and Ethan Piper... They they kind of uh, got it handed to them quite a bit, and maybe yeah I don't know I don't know if that was Ethan Piper as much so as Corcoran eh, you're but, right but I mean I think the, the, uh, they're, that, they're, here's the thing here's the thing where, where I'll stick up with Tyler on this to an extent Ethan Piper was very athletic and was a very good pulling guard yeah when when he pulled he was very athletic and got to the guy he needed to in time and fa- got there fast. But when it came to head up blocking, I don't know that he was that great. Right. But, you know, when both of them went out, I don't know if there was a drop-off in the offensive line. There might have been a slight improvement, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But there wasn't a drop-off. So I I can't give Ethan Piper too much credit. I mean, against Wisconsin, I'm just looking, we, we didn't give up any sacks. Against, I, I feel like down the stretch, they were playing some of their best football of the season. I mean, did we get are, are, are we grading them off the last three well, games no, or are we grading them off the whole year? Well, you told me I can't grade them on the non conference, so I can't grade them <laughs> on the first three games. I can't grade them off the last four games. What the hell am I supposed to grade them off of? No, you were the one that told me I couldn't grade off the non-conference. I never told you you couldn't. No, I was. I was giving them credit for those rushing yards. You're saying that I can't count. I just, I think this offensive line was better. I think they were playing better ball down the stretch than they did, especially in pass pro. I I will give you pass pro was a weakness. And again, that's why I can't give it higher than a C. I mean, it struggled and it was namely that left tackle spot all year. We couldn't get figured out. Tight ends own a little bit of that too. I mean, tight ends definitely did not thrive when they stayed in the pass protect. But, I I mean, I think you guys are being a little bit hard on Donnie and the boys. I, th- I think they definitely took a step forward. Can we agree they're, they're better this year than last year? 
I, I'll say there's slightly. maybe slightly better. Yeah, I'd say slightly. I don't think there was drastic. But it, it was a baby step forward. But, it okay, was not fine. a giant leap. Okay, baby step forward. I, I will take that. Is that the only position on offense you could say took a step forward? Because it sure as hell wasn't quarterback. It sure as hell wasn't running back. Sure as hell wasn't wide receiver. And I don't think tight end was better. So the only thing that you could say took any progress year over year was offensive line. And again, I'm not saying it made a cat. I mean, it. Not as good as we're about to talk about with defense. Some of the position groups take step forwards, but I think it maybe it just you, you know you're, you're the you're the. And they were doing it with like a lot of four year and five year players, though. You know, I mean, but a lot of those guys are coming back next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're. I don't. I don't it doesn't make me feel better. I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm psyched about Ben Scott and Bryce Benhart coming back next year. I think those are I two all too. conference guys next year. Yeah. I hope you're. Time. I hope you're right. Got figure out Th- that left Those time. are the only two that played fairly well. I mean, those are my top two guys. That's why I was given a you know look when you I said think, Ethan, Ethan Piper, Piper was our best offensive lineman. I think Ethan Piper was in that conversation as best offensive lineman. But again, losing Nuelli, who was okay. I mean, if if you're starting to rank guys, I mean, he, you know, I, I put e, if you look at the guys that started the year, he's probably fourth on that list. So I mean, I yeah, I mean, I think. We need to figure out the guards, but I think the young guys got some meaningful snaps. We'll be good. I, I Bright future for offensive line. All right, shifting to the defense. Derek, are there any stats on the defense that you want to throw out before we get into it? Well, I mean, I, I, did, I did happen to look at it, and this is the best defense we've had in points per game since 2010 when we only gave up 17.4 points per game. It's the best rushing defense we've had since 1999 when we only gave up 925 yards on the season. Uh, it's the best pass defense since 2019, which is actually a pretty decent defense under Shenander there. Uh, total defense is the best since 2009 again. And turnovers, well, I mean, they only got five, 14 takeaways, which wasn't great, but... 2022, last year alone, we had 16 takeaways. So I, the takeaways could have been a lot better. But overall, the defense was some of the better defenses we've seen in quite some time. All right. Well, uh, Tyler, is there anything you want to say about defense overall before we get into the grades? Let's get into the grades. All right. Tyler, let's start with you, defensive line. Yeah, I mean, most improved position group on the team uh, overall gets a B for me. Um, I thought that Nash maker played really well. Ty Robinson, the young guys came through, um, looking at this position group, you know, you saw some shifting of players like Jamari, Jamari Butler, uh, who I think started the year as Jack and eventually made his way down the uh, defensive end, uh, Cam Lenhart freshman, uh, both of them showed they could pressure the quarterback. I think the, the reason why I'm maybe not a little bit higher on this position group and calling them B is I feel like at times they would disappear. Um, there'd be games they would definitely get behind the quarterback. There'd be games they wouldn't. Uh, you know, Derek, uh, Justin, you talked about, like, it seems like we give up that one play, or maybe it was Derek earlier. Uh, that big run from Iowa, I think, was completely on the defensive line. Uh, they got pinned down. It seemed like that would happen from time to time. Overall, most improved, a lot of positives, but can't quite get above that B uh, because of inconsistency at times. Derek? I'm with B plus. I I do think they get over that hump. Uh, 
I, I love the depth here. I love Ty Robinson, Hush, Nash Hutmacher being the anchors of this defensive line. And yet they still didn't have that many snaps to where they got wore out. Uh, I, I, you know, you had, you talked about uh, Cam Lenhart, who only, you only wonder what happens if he don't get hurt. And he's, a, and he's such a, I mean, fresh, true freshman. You love what he does. Um, Ty Robinson has six pass breakups in the in the season. That's pretty friggin' awesome for a defensive lineman. He also had eleven quarterback hurries. I I like what this defensive line did. It was it was a, a when we graded these guys uh, to start the season. I, I told you that they were probably a D, but I I told you there was a lot of potential here. And if there was a group that lived up to their potential, it was this defensive line. They exceeded. They exceeded expectations by far. I was the same way, Derek. I thought. This defensive line group headed in the season. I thought this was going to be the worst, one of the worst position groups. I thought offensive line and defensive line were going to be two of the roughest uh, position groups. But defensive line, they shined. I thought they shined. They rotated a lot of guys. We saw some true freshmen come in and make spectacular plays. So they're they're just get, they're in a great position moving forward. Nash is a stud. Ty Robinson, he's a stud. I gave them a B plus as well, Derek. Uh, there's a lot to like about this. Tyler, I do agree with you. There were some times where they would get gashed, especially late in the year uh, running the ball. Maybe they got kind of beat up there. But overall, I mean, this was a this was a very positive outcome for a group that I just I didn't have high expectations for at all. Yeah. Nash Hutmacher's a top three pick. In the NFL draft, if he comes back next year, I love that take. Don't know if I agree, but I love that take. Can I? <laughs> can I? Can I? Uh, uh, I said top three round, not not, not top uh, three. I thought you meant top three. Okay. okay. If if I said top three, I'm wrong. But okay. I meant I'm a, t- a th- third round or better. That, that that's fair. Uh, what one of the things that you talked about them getting gashed, and I think one of the reasons why it may be a tad bit lower. And again, I think it sounds like we're all pretty much aligned on them. I mean, we're all in the upper B's. Is it seemed like they missed some sacks. They they would get pressure at That's times, fair. and they just couldn't get the quarterback to the ground. And and a game that just really brought back was that Wisconsin game. They could not get your boy Tanner Mordecai ground. It seemed like he had greased up like that family boy, uh, Family Guy skit. Hey, I told like, you that guy was good. <laughs> he greased himself up, man. I mean, we could not tackle him in the backfield, and it just seemed like there was a couple of hurries but the fact, that should have been sacks. I, I think the fact that Jamari Butler, who played a lot on the defensive line, little second half of the season, had eight and a half tackles for loss. Uh, the second guy on the team for tackles for loss was Nash Huttmacher with eight. I mean, when, when you got two of your guys on defensive line getting that many, def- that ta- that many well, tackles for loss, it's pretty amazing. Well, and, and you know, Especially about- in a three-man front. Sure, and, and you want to talk about a little bit more of a like pro of this defensive line. Um, you know, you look at this uh, the the fourth down conversions. I mean, we were third in the Big Ten of giving up fourth downs, and a lot of that had to do was the confidence of when hey, it was fourth and short. We had a lot of confidence that that defensive line could stuff you. And uh, Illinois is a game that comes back that just we we won that game because of our defensive line. Uh, so yeah, a really good position group, and I'm about to get to a another really good position group. Well, I just want to throw out an, another name here. Before the season started, Matt Rule talked about guys that were scout team 
that would make their way up and they'd come into the game. I, know, I meant to bring him up, but I'll James let you Williams. Do I mean, James yeah. Williams came in and he did he did fantastic at his opportunities that he had. He had a couple of sacks as well, and so I think and he like, redshirted. So I mean, we got yeah. him for like four more years. I guess yeah, he redshirted. Awesome. I mean, shoot, even if you want to go back to what Matt Rule said, it's guys that are on the scout team that come in and. Some of those guys may even start. Well, Chubba Purdy was a guy that was running that scout team, and he he started. So I thought when Matt Rule said something along those lines of scout team guys coming to make an impact, I thought that was just like a whole bunch of coach speak. But we just talked about two guys that made an impact. <laughs> After the first four, three or four games, I thought for sure it would all be on the offense. I thought the whole scout, t- scout team offense would probably be starting. Right oh, because of all the injuries that were happening? Well, between the injuries and the the lack of offense. Yeah, well, they never figured out the lack of offense. I promise you that. (laughs) All right, let's move on to linebackers, Derek. Again, I went B-plus here. Uh, Javen Wright was an absolute massive surprise to me. Had two interceptions and 50 tackles. Uh, John Bullock was another big surprise. You, You got what you expected a little bit out of Reimer and Henrich and Bayer. Of all, of all the players, I mean, he kind of tailed off at the end, but there was yeah. a point where you were like, man, this, this Makai Bears, like, he might be the shit. He might be the best linebacker on the crew. Um, Prince Will kind of moved out to uh, linebacker, and he did pretty well as a freshman, too. I, I loved this linebacker core. I, I went with a B-plus again. I don't know if I said it, but I went with a B-plus. Tyler? Yeah, I want A minus. Derek, you kind of hit a lot of the names, um, so I won't hit that too much. I just will point out, you know, obviously finishing uh, third in the Big Ten in rush defense uh, overall. The pressure we saw with Luke Reimer, even and what really, what really sucks is we should have been second, but we gave up so many damn rushing yards to Iowa. That last run did it. I mean, well, it wasn't just the last run. We gave up one hundred and sixty something yards to. to Iowa, which ended up dropping us down to 92 yards per game. I'm going to blame we it at, all on the last we were, run. We were at like 72 yards per game before that game. So, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, you, this rush defense, I think, led by those linebackers was a big part of the reason why the success. Uh, love this defense linebacker core. Uh, we'll do this here in the next few weeks, but you want know, to talk about players that we're going to miss next year? Luke Reimer is probably near the top of that list. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I was going to look this up where he finished all time in tackles in Nebraska. Um, I, I know he was moving up that list quite a bit. Um, he, did, he didn't finish very high because, because this, this year, he, this year didn't do it, but they, he still, still finished top 10. Probably. But the problem was we just rotated so much. We did top 10, which, what, which what is, do you mean? which is probably tackles good. all time in Nebraska. All, all time oh. tackles. I'd be curious on where he lands. He had 48 total tackles this year. Uh, but I gave this 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 unit AA. I thought, you know, I had high expectations for this uh, group headed in, and they met my expectations. They were good. John Bullock, he was a pleasant surprise. Uh, Luke Reimer does what, did what Luke Reimer does. Javen Wright, he was a nice surprise as well. Uh, uh, Nick Henrich. I mean, dang! I mean, how how bad does that suck? Tore an ACL. I mean, I don't know what that means for him long term. Uh, I mean, does he come back? I guess he's gonna would have to. I, I guess with that, 
but can he even play with that ACL? I don't know. That's something to keep an eye on. But you know, he's a he bleeds Husker red. So uh, I like I like this unit. What's Luke that? Reimer finished fourth all time in Nebraska tackles. Fourth all time. Who's who's the top three? Top three are number one Barrett Rude, number two Jerry Murtaugh, number three Mike Brown. Oh, he wow. passed. He passed Levante David, Diedrich Young, uh, a few others. I think this season as he moved up the rankings, Nathan Gary. Wow. So good. Good for him. I. Love Reimer. Love Mr. Reimer. Top 10. That's a shocker. Hey, how many more tackles does he need to... Uh, uh, Pass to, to, Barrett yeah, Rude? Yeah. Uh, 140. 140? <laughs> Barrett Rude had a lot of tackles. Barrett Rude was phenomenal. Okay, so I went with A. Uh, Derek, B plus. Tyler, A minus. Uh, defensive backs. Derek. I, I won't be here. I, there were some things that really, really looked good in this defensive back room. I, I, I don't think they lived up to the expectations I thought they would be at the start of the season. Uh, Tommy Hill really came in and did some really awesome things. Led the team with four interceptions. Luke Gifford led the team with tackles. Uh, Quentin Newsom was, was a force to be reckoned with all season. People just didn't throw the ball his way. Uh, Malk, uh, Mark Malcolm Hartzog, there we go. I, he struggled at times this year, a little bit of a sophomore slump for him, I think. Uh, but I still think he's a good defensive back. I, the problem is I think they just gave up too many big plays ultimately overall to get him much higher in a B. Tyler? Yeah, I, I very much the same. Another name you did not mention was Omar Brown. Omar mm. Brown, um, for a guy who he, didn't... He was a pleasant year, surprise, too. Really was... played some good football. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, overall, uh, very good. Um, Singleton, we did miss him a little bit down the stretch. I think he was playing really well until he got injured. Um, there was hopes he was going to come back. That didn't happen. Maybe that doesn't... It was nice difference. getting Marquise Buford back towards the end of the season. Yeah, I he mean, played really good football. He really did play well. But but the stat that I wanted to highlight with passing is is a lot of people say that we gave up a lot of yards and we did finish ninth in the Big Ten in uh, passing defense, but we finished fifth in pass efficiency. Um, I mean, as as you look at the teams that we played against, but we had plenty of interceptions. Uh, well, we, we we were forty first in pat in pass defense. So yeah, I mean like, we we were. It's not terrible. We we looked a little bit bad to start the year with that Colorado. Uh, in Minnesota, but this was a unit that I think played better football down the stretch. Um, so yeah, I got him a B. I have a B as well. I mean, same reasons you guys have. Uh, the true star, in my opinion, was Tommy Hill. That dude, he became an elite stud in that uh, secondary. With, I mean, come on, we gave him a new nickname this year. Take away Tommy. I mean, come yeah. on. Oh, yeah. I, I love Tom. I love me some Tommy Hill. I'm glad he's coming back next year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final position group, and we're just going to group all of this together collectively. It's the special teams. Tyler. Guys, our offense was worse than our special teams. I will say that. But you want to talk about the most disappointment of all the position groups that we are talking about. It might be special teams. Like, the the... 
there was not a lot of greatness on the special teams. Um, to highlight some of the def- deficits, uh, punt returns, 13th in the Big Ten. Field goals, 13th in the Big Ten. Uh, punt returns, uh, uh, given up net punting, uh, 13th in the Big Ten. Oh, we were thir- We were not dead last? And, and No. Punt returns? We thir- punt returns and punting, net punting. We were 13th, both. So wow, we're second guessed. to last in a lot of these stats, yeah. guys. Uh, I'm going to give them a C minus um, because they did overall made all their PATs. They they did actually do something on kickoff return, get a little bit there. But the real reason that they're in not in the D's is because some of the highlight real plays they made, blocking the punt to start the year, two blocked field goals late in the year. Uh, overall, did have you know the fake punt. They made a couple really good highlight plays, but the, the the simple things this defense, this special teams unit was lacking. Most disappointing position group we're talking about tonight because I had higher expectations, uh, but yeah, still still better than anything pretty much on offense. Derek, I I also went with a C minus for most of the reasons that Tyler said. Um, but what got me up to the C minus was we had really good coverage on punt returns and kick returns. We didn't give up any really massive plays for the most part. And Tyler, you talked about the block punts and the highlights, but we were second in the nation and in the big 10 in blocked kicks. Yeah. That's awesome. With four Uh, of them. The only team that there was, there was like eight teams that had like four, and there was only one team that was ahead of us, and it was Illinois. Illinois had seven blocked punts slash kicks. I don't know how much of it was which which or the other, but seven. That's that's pretty phenomenal. But Nebraska had four of them, and I I, I will take that as far as that part goes every year. Well, sure. I, and so, yeah, it wasn't great. But the, I think the blocks bring it up at least to a C minus. I'm with you, Tyler. All right, so I have a D plus. Uh, I was excited when Ed Foley was coming aboard. Uh, do you guys remember back in the Minnesota game? Uh, there was a 63 yard kickoff return, and we were like, "Oh man, we are we were gonna run one all the way back this year." I just wait, just wait. We're gonna run one all the way back. Never Maybe next even year. Sniffed it. Never even sniffed it. Punt returns. Kept waiting for Billy Kemp to uh, return a good one. The longest punt return this year was eight yards. Just eight yards. Uh, The return game was bad. Tristan Alvano, too inconsistent. You know, he was pretty good from inside 40 yards, but anything outside of 40, he was just bad. I don't think he was ready for, uh, for kickoff or to handle field goal duties this year. Probably should have stuck with Bleak Road. We should have. Uh, I, I, I don't understand why we took Bleak Road out of it. Yeah, Bushini was. It, it is in, what it is. Bushini was. Bushini was inconsistent. Uh, so you got the return game is bad. Uh, you have the kickoff duties or not the kickoff duties, but field goal and punting, not great. The only good thing is the blocks. The blocks were good. We did have some like little gadget plays with fake punt and even like a. Uh, fake field goal for a touchdown, right? Uh, I mean, there were some gad. 
Am I making that up? Derek, you made it look. Did, did we not score a touchdown? No, I, I didn't mean to make it look. Oh, so. I, 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 I don't remember the play, though. Maybe I'm making that up. Okay, well, shoot, maybe this is more deserving of a D plus <laughs> as it is. <laughs> I just feel. Like I, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just it was such a bad year. I, the, I, I, you took the score. Maybe it's just happened, maybe it's a first down down on that end. It, there was a stat. Going I think it was around. Timmy Bleak Road. He remember when Timmy Bleak Road ran the ball? Maybe he didn't. Yeah. Get, maybe he didn't get a touchdown. He might have got a touchdown on it. I can't remember. But anyway, there, yeah. there was a stat that went around, and it was like a two game stretch. And I don't remember which two games, but we lost both of them. Uh, that we had given up a uh, flip the ball about 150 yards of field position and punts. And you think about how bad this offense is. And, and again, special teams are not the reason we didn't go bowling. I do not want to put this on them. But had the special teams been what all of us expected, we would be going bowling right now. I really do believe that. Because, I mean, there, there we... I mean, it doesn't take much, right? We get one punt return. One punt return for a touchdown in the last four games, we win. You you can't say that, Tyler, when you had quarterbacks throwing interceptions in the sure. end zone in multiple you know games you to give ha- you the chance to win the game. You, you know can't what talk about a what-if for a punt return you know when what? you had a quarterback thrown in the fucking end zone. You know when you lose by three and you miss a field goal about five minutes earlier? Like, it could be a little bit on special teams. You could put a little bit of blame there. Oh my! You're you're, you're saying that you're saying that the special teams, you gave them a D plus. I gave them a D plus. You they own nothing with record. They own nothing. I here's what I'm saying is they they are not the reason we're not going bowling. Special teams is not the reason we're not going bowling. I said that's what you said. I I said not what I said. I'm saying if we would have been what we expected, we would be bowling. Like our special teams, I gave C minus. They were fine. They we were, were fine. expecting. We were expecting good to great special teams this year. And I was we, expecting better than last year, and we, and we didn't see it. Mm, I, th- I think it was about equal. I mean, I, I think ki- kicking took regret. I mean, punt return was a wash. We neither year could we get a punt return. No, punting regressed, field goal kicking regressed. So yeah, if you want to say block punts and kicks change the score enough to make it the same then that's fine. But I'm just saying, we all thought we were going to be good at special teams this year. Yeah. Yeah, I really we were. And if we were, right. I think we would have been bowling. All right, let's 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 move on. We're already at an hour, over an hour here. Let's go. Okay, so we got let's some superlatives this. here. We're going to hand out some individual awards here, and we got some other categories here. So let's kind of breeze through this here. MVP on offense. Uh, Derek. All right, Justin's going to hate this, and I – but I don't care. Tyler's probably not going to like it either. It's Henrik Harburg. He had all five of our wins. He led the team in rushing yards. He led the team in, pa- in touchdowns. He led the team in passing yards. He led the team in passing touchdowns. He's the only quarterback that had a 7-7 seven to seven inter- touchdown interception ratio. Everybody else had more interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, he, ha- he had 12 or 26 touchdowns. So I, I, I got to give it to Henry Carberg. All right, Tyler? I don't hate it, Derek. I, g- give him his flyers. He, he played pretty well. Uh, Bryce Benhart is mine. Uh, Bryce Benhart might be our only chance to have an all-conference type guy. Um, it, you know, everyone kind of scoffed at Matt Rule when he talked about him being an NFL guy. And, and maybe that still is a stretch. 
Uh, but my God, did he improve? His caliber of play is great. I'm hopeful he's coming back next year. Uh, and I don't think that's something I would have said about a year ago. I think I would have laughed at me. So for an offense that I don't think really has much MVPs, I'm going to go with the offensive line, the best one of them. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I have Bryce Benhart as well. I mean, the that dude, he was just, he was steady. I mean, the strides that he's come from his, in his career to get where he is today. That's, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I got to stop you. This is insane. To call him the MVP is insane. Like, you would call him the most improved player, fine. But to call him the MVP of the offense. Well, Derek, Derek, like, Derek, he played, Derek, I cannot hey, give Heinrich He was 5-7 as a starter. Harburg was 5-3. and three. I cannot give Henrik Harburg the MVP on offense when I don't think that he is the best quarterback on the team. I can't do it. I he's can't the give only, him the he's MVP. He's the only quarterback that won a game. I can't. I don't believe that he's the best quarterback on the team. Chubba Purdy had every chance to win games, and he didn't do it. I mean, there's a little bit of competition adjustments there. Let, let's be fair to Chubba. I think we would all say Iowa is better than Northern Illinois. So like let's let's be a little bit careful about saying that Chubba Purdy was given the same opportunity as Harburg, but I mean I mean I, I don't want to take anything with Harburg, but I think Derek, Wisconsin I mean, was about equal to what Illinois was. Bryce Benhart played the most snaps on offense. He was he was reliable. He went out there and played well. I, I understand that you don't want to give it to the guys up front. You yeah. don't want to respect the pipeline. Way to hate the big uglies up front, Derek. I mean, come on, Derek. I don't, I don't hate the big uglies up front, but you can't sit here and tell me they're the MVP. I, it's insane. There wasn't There wasn't another option. There wasn't another Look, option. Look, the whole thing is we're, we're, we're shining up the shiniest turd, right? Yes. So, I mean, I guess there's no wrong answer. I just, I, I'm not good at evaluating the offensive lines. So, I mean, so for me to sit here and tell you that, Oh, Bryce Benhart was his, the best offensive lineman in the Big Ten, so he should be the Look, MVP. Yeah. So, so truthfully, the MVP on offense came down to the process of elimination. You could eliminate a lot of guys real quick before you get to the offensive line. And then you have to go to the best offensive lineman, and it was Bryce Benhart, hands I, down. I was very close to giving it to Emmett Johnson. I was very close. That would not but, have been bad. I, if, if you would have with said... With his one touchdown? Oh, wait. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He had two. You know what? At least he didn't have ten turnovers. Fair. All right, MVP on defense, Derek. I went with Nash Hutmacher. Hutmacher. I, I've been on this guy. I love this guy. He had 40 tackles, which is an amazing for a defensive lineman. And eight tackles for loss. Four and a half sacks. Four quarterback hurries, two pass breakups, and a block kick to make it make things even better. And a partridge in a pear tree. Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, I there there there's a thousand. The funny thing is, is defensively you could go with six different names for all the other reason because they were all there was that many good players. Yeah, but I went with Nash Hutmacher ultimately. A hundred percent agree with everything you said there, except with the person you went with. I went with Isaac Gifford. Isaac yeah. Gifford played the most snaps, had the most tackles, eight pass breakups, one interception. Um, I feel like he very much embodied the defense, made a lot of key plays when he needed to. Um, I, I, you know, there, there's a lot of guys we gave a lot of flowers to throughout the year. Uh, I don't think we mentioned him enough. I, I think if you go back to all the podcasts, 
and you talk about the guys that had good games like he was never that guy that had the most dominating performance nash definitely did at times reimer definitely did at times tommy hill did at times you know some of the freshmen but Isaac gifford was mr reliable went out there just did his job consistently um yeah so my mvp that's a, that's a great one. I had a one A one B. That Isaac Gifford was definitely my one B. One A. I got to roll with uh, Luke Reimer. Luke Reimer. He is the uh, he's the anchor of this defense. He had another great year again. Uh, the things he can do on the field. This dude's gonna be missed. Uh, I mean, that that dude's gonna leave some huge shoes to fill when he leaves. But uh, yeah, I had to give it to Luke Reimer. But both guys. I mean. That's what's that was so that was what was so great about this defense is you had tons of options for uh for that position. I mean or for you could have got six MVP. or seven guys. Yeah. You could list is six or seven yeah. guys. And there's no wrong answer there, there, for this one. I mean it's yeah. like No. You can't even stars. argue it. Like yeah. like I like I can't say anything no. bad about what you guys said because yeah. they were great picks. Yeah. I I, I, I did at first. I wrote down like five. You guys, or six you guys don't like the like, big uglies up front, but that's fine. <laughs> Shit, an, an, another guy that I had written down here, uh, he was more of like a uh, an alternate pick, but Tommy Hill. Tommy Hill was another yeah. dude. Ta- that, Ty Robinson was another guy. T- I yeah, I mean, that, okay, again, there's Jamar, so many options. I mean, there, there, you, again, you, you, could, you could go on and on. Yeah, name name a guy that played defense, basically. Pretty much. All right, let's move to most improved player on offense. Tyler. Well, I mean, I mentioned that he was a possibility for my MVP. Um, so I'm going to go Emmett Johnson. I mean, this is the first meaningful snaps we saw from him. Um, by, by definition, he was on the roster last year. So he qualifies. Um, I didn't want to go Bryce Benhart because he could have been it, but I went with him for MVP. So I'm, I'm going to give a little bit more love to Emmett Johnson here. Okay. So I mean, I, it, yeah, it's it's hard for me to say Emmett Johnson because because he, he never had a carry until this year, so it's hard for me to call him improved because we don't know what we really got out of him. But that's fair. I mean, I'll, I'll let you have it. I mean, my my my, my most improved on offense is easily Bryce Benhart. I, I already gave him my MVP. I, I get it. I get it. But he he was clearly the guy that everybody wrote off that had a good season. I mean. Bryce Benhart was easily the most improved on offense. Yeah, I'm going to load up Bryce Benhart's trophy case right here because I gave him the most improved player as well because this this was a guy. How often did Bryce Benhart get shit all over on social media last year? On this podcast, there was uh, not-so-great words for him last year, but that dude came out, and he turned into a he turned into a stud he is a stud and uh yeah so most improved player and he gets my mvp so can, for offense can i change mine Just no per- take a stand oh, chubba purdy yeah okay i will allow it to, to be fair he ba- he barely was better than last year he was significantly wait better. derek that no 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 statistically no, no. speaking he was barely i don't better care than last year. i test it's the yeah. eye test. I he watched is significantly games. better than last year. I watched year. last year's games, and I watched this year's games. Much I didn't better. even think he was a Division One quarterback last year. It was bad. All right. Let's move on. 
All right, top newcomer of the year. Uh, we oh, didn't do most sorry, improved sorry, on sorry, defense. Sorry. Most improved player on defense. Uh, and I, I could yeah. have went most most improved as a team. It was Tommy Hill. Tommy I don't Hill. even know if you guys can argue this. No, it's Tommy Hill. The, I, du- I even... the dude had four interceptions. He led the Big Ten with uh, 13 passes defended, was third in the Big Ten with pass breakups, and was 15th nationally in, in passes defended. So I, this is a guy that I completely wrote off. I, I said, don't ever let him see my field again. Yeah. It's unanimous. Tommy Hill. Okay, now top newcomer, which means first-year player in the Husker program on offense. Tyler. I'm going to go Ben Scott. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he came in, filled the role at center that we really desperately needed, played well. Uh, yeah, don't really have much else to add. Ben Scott. Derek? Well, well I tend to agree with you. I, ben Scott was was really a good pick there. I went with Jalen Lloyd. The guy gave us a deep threat, and it was something we didn't see all season long. And for him to come in and make a a deep threat, I I thought was huge. So I I just went with him just to be different, I guess. No, you're not different. I mean, that's the the correct choice here. Jalen Lloyd is the... I thought thought Ben Scott was probably the, the, the easiest answer, but... No, Jalen Lloyd is the correct answer. He gave what? you the most possibility. He gave you the most hope at that wide receiver position. He is dynamic. He's electric. He does everything that you want to see in a wide receiver in this offense. Huge deep threat. He is easily the top newcomer. We The only thing that we should have done is seen more of Jalen Lloyd. Because had we seen more Jalen Lloyd, that wide receiver room would have been popping. He only had six catches. But three of them were uh, hugely. He had a lot of drops. He had six catches. I don't care. I mean, Ben Scott, Ben Scott is good. He is, he's an okay choice. He's a good backup for top newcomer of the year, but he had far too many penalties for my liking. But yeah, if you want to, if you want somebody to ignite an offense, it starts with Jalen Lloyd. Jalen Lloyd is the wide receiver that you build an offense around. You know what? This is Flowers time. I'll let you have it. I don't know if I agree with that. I thought this was like a, another Tommy Hill situation. You no. This, but, it it, sh- it yeah. should have been if you would have taken Jalen Lloyd. But no, you got to be wrong. All right. Top newcomer on defense. Tyler, avenge yourself. I'm going to go Cam Lenhart. Uh I mean, tr- came in. Uh, you know, I remember there was a time where like, ooh, who's going to start him or Gunnarsson? Um there was no doubt he was the guy. Constant pass threat, especially in the beginning part of the season, looked unblockable. Still made great plays. Had one big play against Iowa. Uh, a lot of people you could have picked here too. Uh, uh, there's a couple people you could have picked here, but I'm gonna go with him. I mean, I'm so psyched for his future at Nebraska. Derek, I, I really, really agree with you. And this is again, same thing with the defense from before. Like you could pick quite a few different names here. I mean, there were so many newcomers that played quite a bit of time. I'm going to go with Prince Will Milan though. Like, he kind of started off slow, but as the season progressed, he really came on strong. I think he played better through more of the games than Cam Lenhart did. I, Cam Lenhart was great, and that's, it's a great pick, Tyler. His injury slowed him down. 
And after his injury, he never came back to what he was to start the season. And so I, that, that was the only reason I went with Prince Will. As I, th- I think he came out. He, he finished stronger. So th- this, is a f- this is so interesting. Both guys that you just named, great. 1A, 1B. I went with Cameron Lenhart. But let's rewind for a second back to the start of the season. When we had guys like MJ Sherman or Chief Borders coming Elijah, in. Eli- Elijah Judy. Elijah Judy. I mean, there were some like heavy-hitting names that were coming into this defense that we were all stoked about. And all of them. I mean, they, no, none of these guys were even considered for top newcomer. No, but I thought MJ Sherman it, it played well. At time, I, I, I mean, you know, it, it Elijah does, Judy was on a milk carton. Yeah, like, he played some snaps. He played, he, he snaps. played but I, I he did not do throw. what I think anybody expected him to do. He was like a five star out of high school, but the, right? The problem with, I mean, again, a lot of the problem with these guys was the competition. Like you, you can't point to any one of them and be like, man, I'm shocked they didn't get more playing time. Because they're, the people in front of them were so good. Yeah, I, I, I tend so, to agree with that, yes. I mean, there, there wasn't, there was no, I mean, if you want to point out like a guy that you could probably maybe say that about that, Corey Collier, I thought maybe a lot of people had a little bit of hype around. And at times their secondary got banged up. There might have been an opportunity. But like Judy, like, who are you going to play him over? Like, you're going to take Nash out for more snaps? Like, no, I mean, it's just. Hell no. You ain't taking Nash out for nothing. Yeah, but I just think MJ Sherman and I think Chief Porter's. I mean, these well, guys. Chief Porter's. Just... Chief Porter's definitely. Uh, I mean, I don't even. The, think he... the coaches kind of hyped him up. I don't think anybody really expected him to be what he anything. What he? I mean, no. When he came from Florida, everybody was kind of like, "Oh, okay, this is this mid-tier recruit." Nobody expected him to be a lot until until those coaches started talking about him. But he really did nothing. But MJ Sherman is season. what we expect. I mean, uh, he underperformed some expectations, but yeah. he's, I still thought he was a good guy. I'm excited to have him back next year, hopefully. Oh, absolutely. So, I, I'm excited to have all, all right. these guys back. Let's rapid fire these next two. Best win, Tanner. There's two choices here to me, and I'm going to go with Illinois. I'm going to give the credit to On the Road. Um, I think going into the, the year, that was a game I had us losing. It was a Friday night. I was in attendance. Um, and, and, and the way we won that game, by out-toughing Illinois, um, I, I'm going to give the edge on that one but right there. Best so. win over a 5-7 and seven team. All right, Derek. I, look, I, I, Tyler, you're not wrong on that pick. I, the circumstances coming out of that Michigan game, that was a good pick. Like, we, I, I, was I right thought the season the was done. It was done. right like, before the bye. If we were yeah, and it was game, a short week. Done. Short week. I, it was one of my choices. I also had Purdue in there just because I thought we played probably our most complete game against Purdue. Uh, but, I, but I think ultimately you have to go with Northwestern because they're one of the few teams that had a winning record. Yeah. I Mine's Northwestern as well. It may not have felt significant at the time, but reflecting back on the season where they were, David Braun, he's going to be – most likely the Big Ten coach of the year. They just they kept fighting. We saw signs of it, and they just kept fighting, and they won 7-5. I mean, this is a team that won one game last year. 
I mean, that, that was uh, ended up being a really good win. Worst loss, Tyler. I'm going to go Maryland. And, and and this is a game that I, I will say, that there was a lot. I mean, I, we talked about tough choices on defense. The, every one of our losses was heartbreaking and backbreaking in its own way. But this this should have been the Chubba Purdy game. Like, the, the Chubba Purdy two-minute drive, throwing that interception at the end, like, is as gut-wrenching of, like, what could have been as there was Maryland at the time was struggling mightily. I like this, this was a, this was our bowl game. I mean, that, that should have been it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, lots of choices, but I'm going to go Maryland. Had we played Chubba pretty earlier, we would have won. All right, Derek. All right. Again, Tyler's not completely wrong. You could pick any of the last four games and probably be right. You could also pick Michigan, which we looked like we didn't even belong in the same field as them. Uh, ultimately, I went with Michigan State. I said it during the during the Michigan State preview. If we don't meet Michigan State, there's a good chance we don't go bowling. It was a, it was one of the last games I thought we would be favored in. Uh, we did end up favored in Iowa, which I still don't understand. Uh, but I think you needed to pick up bulge building against Michigan State, who was just struggling. And not a good team at the point at that point, and so I, I think Michigan State's got to be the biggest loss. I got it was an inexcusable loss. Yeah, lots to choose from. We played uh, five teams with a winning record this year, just five teams. So there's no reason why we should not have been bowl eligible. But my worst loss is Iowa, the very last game. That was a game that was just set up for us to win. Bull eligibility was on the line. It's at home. It's senior day. I mean, and we shit the bed. The way that we shit the bed, uh, that one, I, I'm, I've become so accustomed to losing football games, it really doesn't fucking sour me. But that game right there, I had, was outside smoking a cigar, watching on my patio with the, the big screen outside. And when that game was over, I, I felt defeated. I felt defeated. I didn't even finish my cigar, put that baby out, went back inside, pouted, and took a nap. That's what I did. I That one really bothered me. And, you know, when, when you're five and seven, a lot of losses don't bother me like that. I can just, like, roll with the punches and go to the next game or next game on TV. But that one really soured me. So that is the worst loss because, personally, I felt like, I was kicked in the nuts hard. And so with as we're wrapping up our season reflection here, was year one under Matt Rule a success, Tyler? No. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it it was a game away from being a success. Like, you, what you would have wanted to see year one, Matt Rule went through a checklist of stuff that he wanted to see in year one. And I'm not going to go through and rehash stuff we talked about in the spring, but he talked about teams that played better in the fourth quarter. Well, the last two games of the season, we scored six points in the second half. He talked about good special teams and teams that didn't beat themselves. Nope. Nope. None of the things that Matt Rule would have defined as a success going into the year were any of the attributes of this team. This team should have been bowling. It was a game away from being a success because it had a low bar. The worst schedule in a decade to be a, and and we couldn't get it done. Um, 
a lot of the Scott Frost one possession, losing games that you should have won, reamed this ugly head again. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of work ahead for this staff. Derek, was year one a success under Matt Rule? Uh, no, I don't think you can call it a success. I also don't think you can call it a failure. Uh, I expected about a 6-6 six and six season. They only missed it by one game. But I think the reason you can't call it a success absolutely is because you talked about it. We only played five teams with a winning record. So, I mean, that, that tells me that you probably should have at least been able to beat seven of these teams. So well, I six at a minimum, a, right? Or six at a minimum, yes. Yeah. So I can't, I can't call it a success, but I wouldn't go as far as to call it a failure either. Yeah, we lost to uh, teams with a losing record that we lost to. Minnesota, 5-7. and seven. Colorado, 4-8. and eight. Michigan State, 4-8. and eight. I mean, three teams. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say this. That Colorado team at 4-8 and eight was a different team when we played them than what they are now. I still don't care. I, that was a bad loss. It might be a bad loss, but they you got were ran off they the were field. a much different team than what they are now. But they they we were there, I believe we were their biggest margin of victory all season. I mean, they obviously lost more than they won. They got all their hype following their win to Nebraska. They I, did. I don't know what because TCU they steamrolled us because yeah. they steamrolled us like they they were like holy crap after after beating a top. 15 team in TCU. Yeah, which but T- what, did, what did TCU finish? Again, I get it. I get it, but their their confidence level was far and above what we were. I, here's where I would disagree on the failure. I, again, failure is such a strong word, but where I would point to that way is you go undefeated in October. You have all the momentum ahead of you. Like, everything is there, and you have a winnable schedule. You, I mean... The, I... I I get it, but the reason I can't call it a failure is because this is about what we expected in year one. I know, but the way that it played out was just different. It was disappointing. TCU yes. finished five and seven, by the way. No, th- this is why the season was not a success. Going undefeated in October, four winnable games to and end it, and you could not get to bowl eligibility. And there was a lot of reasons why. And a lot of them had to come down with coaching decisions, clock management, game management, uh, decision to play players and not play players. It came down to coaching. If there's anybody to blame for this season, and one thing that Matt Rule will do, he owns everything. He yes. doesn't want to blame any players. He does not throw any players under the bus. He always says it's on him. And this one is on him, and he will own it because he, he is a high-character guy like that but i think there's when he reflects with his coaching staff i know that they know that there's a lot of things that they could have done differently to get us to bowl eligibility they know this we know this they know it you know what they know and i i truly believe this it comes down to missing on jeff Sims. like this season started and ended that you could have picked in a lot of transfer quarterbacks to bring in and may i'm not saying chubba purdy because we in Harvard, I, I'm not saying I'm not going to tell you that's a terrible take, but again, I'm going to go back to I don't think we are a quarterback away from being a nine win team. I'm not saying nine wins, but were we a quarterback away from bowl? From maybe six, maybe. No, we're a quarterback we away from seven or eight games. Sure, what, whatever Easy. that number is, it's more. 
We would have won more if we, and I, I hate to put it on Jeff Sims because I, I don't think he was this bad coming in, but it like the result isn't shocking. But it's it, not- but it's so it's so funny because Justin absolutely just tried to destroy me, and in the preseason when I talked about this could be an issue with Jeff Sims. Well, and I think I was on that. He, he had too. a problem with turnovers before he got here. Yeah. And I didn't think he finished. I didn't think he fixed it. I did not expect it to get as bad as he did, but it was an issue before he got here. I just, I, I, I think that you, you, because you look at this team. I mean, this defense took such a step forward. If you could have just had Adrian Martinez, my boy, <laughs> my boy Adrian. Like this is a boring team. Oh God, team. we need to get out of here. Tyler's drunk. We have, we have one more thing. Yeah, Derek, did we improve from last year? This is such, this is a tough question for me because I, I ultimately I'll say yes because we won an extra game, but you could also argue that it was a lot easier of a schedule. The defense definitely improved. The offense definitely took a huge step back. Special teams probably about the same. So ultimately, I guess I I mean I can't pick that we're the same as last year. So just that extra win, I'll say, yes, we were better than last year, but not by much. Would, would this year's team beat last year's team? I, I would say yes, because I think this defense is good enough to slow down the pass. I, well, I don't know. Trey Palmer may have lit up this defense, for all I know. <laughs> Tyler? Uh, did we improve from last year, and would this team have beat last year's team? I, I tough, tough both of them, but I'm gonna say yes and yes. I think we did improve. I think this defense took such a step forward that as bad as our offense was, and even our special teams, I think took a slight step back. Doesn't overwhelm it, and yeah, I think that this defense would have caused some major problems for last year's offense. Really. Uh, I I just think that I think this defense was the deal. I think it was it again the the we we, we might have had three or four sacks on them. What what might be the storyline next time we record is Tony White might be gone, and that's a real possibility. Got it. I hope not, but I think it's probably going to happen. It, it, it it's on the table, right? And if it's not this year, it seems like it's certainly in the next couple years. And it sucks that we wasted one of these years with Tony White with this this awful offense do you think casey thompson and that uh uh casey thompson trey palmer combination along with the 2022 anthony grant would have lit up this defense a little bit more i don't know but i wish i would have had that mix i wish we'd had that offense with this defense oh god we'd definitely be bowling (laughs) we'd definitely be bowling (laughs) we might be top 10 Uh, we 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 might be be representing the west we, we would, would be representing, be representing the West. The West. I, be- I do believe that. All right, let's get out of here, guys. All right, Derek has to pee, obviously. So <laughs> he's been saying this for a while. <laughs> All right, stop pinching it, Derek. All right, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.